strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. I'm Jen. And tonight we are going to talk about the Viking burials and the afterlife. Okay, let's do it. Burials. I say that right? I didn't say that weird. Burials. Feels okay. Burials. It's just a weird word when you say it a bunch of times in a row like that. All right, so the Vikings made their bloody but brief mark in history hundreds of years ago through their nomadic lifestyle and wild practices in pillaging, raping, and conquering anything or anyone who crossed their path. These nomads were often seen as savages as they traveled throughout Europe, but the Vikings held a high regard for the life and death of their fellow Norsemen. Nailing down the exact burial rituals of Viking funerals is difficult because they kept very few written accounts of their lives and deaths, but thanks to a few that were retrieved, as well as the archaeological remains that have been found throughout Europe, it's possible to get a little bit of a glimpse to resurrect some of their funeral traditions. I feel like I, t- I did all that one breath. It does look like you did. You were like building up like a balloon. <laughs> so the Vikings and their funeral and burial rituals were affected by their pagan religion and beliefs. For a Viking, their death would leave them into the afterlife and into one of the king's nine realms. Valhalla. <laughs> That's one of them, yeah. It was this belief. Valhalla. Valhalla. Was the name of my yearbook. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you're the Viking. We were the Vikings. So it was this belief that led the Vikings to give so much time on their burials and their funerals by trying their hardest to send their friends, family, and fallen comrades to the successful afterlife. The two realms in Norse mythology that were commonly associated with the religion practices and funerals and burials were Valhalla and Helheim. Valhalla, the hall situated in Asgard, Odin's home, was a place for fallen warriors. It just makes me, like, it's all about, like, the Thor movies. (laughs) I know. Love it. So in opposite contrast, though, Helheim was for the Viking people who had died from what was considered a dishonorable death. They considered that if one was to die in the bed of a sloth or to to die of old age was not considered brave in the old Norse times. Bed of the sloth means lazy. Not in the bed with a sloth. No, the, it, the sloth gotcha. was it, like, the way of, of, of your life activity. Oh, they were just like a lazy piece of mm-hmm. shit. Right. They were so, not out there like raping and pillaging like I love that terminology that I had to put in there because I was like, I had a sloth in it. Jen's going to love it. But also that was the word that described their lazy people. It's like, oh, if they were to die in the bed of sloth. Yeah, if they were to die in the bed of sloth. Of like sloth, sloth is, is, is like laziness. the condition yeah. in which they die. One of the seven, yeah. Oh, so, so like they, if you live yeah. through everything, it's kind of pointless, which kind of explains a lot of their actions and mentality. Yeah, but there's other realms, though. So um, another realm was... There's, like, the Walmart realm. <laughs> there's the, like, I just work as a chiropractor so realm. So in the realm of Walmart, um, <laughs> you are given a chariot. You're given a chariot for the low, low price of nine eighty eight on a rollback. So another realm was Folk Wagner, which was... Say a, that again. It's... F O L K. You don't have to spell V-A-N-G-R. it. I want you to say it. Folk Wagner. Folk Wagner. Folk Wagner. Folk Wagner. It was another place for brave warriors. It was actually ruled by the goddess of Freya and was the alternative location to Valhalla. Freya would actually be able to choose half the dead warriors from battle to come and live. So another realm was. Um, this is. Just what is this, it. a silent F? What is this? So it's um, Helgefell. Okay. 
also known as Holy Mountain, was widely thought to be a rather nice place to live, but was somewhere that you can go if you do not die in battle. But So it's a nice place to die? Or no, it's a nice place to go. For your afterlife. If you didn't die in battle. Okay. But you would have to have lived what they consider to be a good life. And didn't die of old age. Or mm-hmm. like you could die of old age. Or you went to battle, you didn't die in battle. But you did you, do battle. You did battle, and then you went back to home, and you did good for the village, and then you went to... Yeah, and you continued to be like a goodly dude. Yeah. But as long as you had done your your warrior bits, you could still go to... Or maybe it was someone, uh, maybe a captain on a Viking ship, who didn't really see... Like he just drove the ships, and then he was actually never saw true battle... Is that true? I really don't know, but sometimes in, in my head, captains never I, mean, I don't think it's like a Titanic captain. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Jack and Rose situation. This is not a Jack and Rose situation. I don't think no, they're like, I, just, I don't I think, think Viking that, captains are having a cup of fucking tea. I, I think just think like, that if like, if, if, you did, if you did good, but you didn't die in battle, but you continued. Right. It. Okay. So in Viking times, if you died, they would typically send you off in two different ways. Either cremation or inhumation. Cremation, as we know it, is to turn the body to ash, and then the ashes would then be scattered, buried, or sailed out to sea. Inhumation was to bury of the body in its current state underground, and then either be placed under dirt, stones, or other things would be on top of the body. So buried. Yeah, but in mounds. It was like... But above... Okay, so buried, but above ground. Yeah, so instead of a headstone, there will be circular artifacts. So you'll go to the cemetery, and there will just be rock circles everywhere, and you know that that is the inhumation. The Vikings in the early years were almost entirely pagan in their beliefs, and they would typically cremate their dead. But later on, Christianity became more common, and inhumation became another way for funerals. So that's why it wasn't the most common... But it was also respected. As people and, became more Christian, they started to it was still respected make these burial way. mounds more than they did, like the cremation and ashes, like out to the ocean. Some people, yeah. So some people don't really consider that the right way because everyone's f- for their own belief. Hey, I mean, it's yeah. still that way. There's very little that's different today. Absolutely. So I want to talk more about the cremation burials because it seems that the practice and the entire ceremony for Vikings seem to be more elaborate and more detailed. The inhumation funeral is more like they dress the body, they put it in the ground, they put gr- earth on top, they decorate it, and then... And then they celebrated, much like anything. But cremation... Is this the one where they could be in boats? A lot. So it was normal in Norse, which is medieval Norway, in case Mm -hmm. no one knows what Norse is. So it was normal in Norse to cremate the deceased because they believed that the smoke would carry them into the rightful destination in the afterlife. Successful cremations required a very hot fire because sometimes Mother Nature may interfere and a lot of the cremations were basically half done. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Trying to get them out of the house. Listen to it on 
whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So to achieve the that rain, range, that rain always gets in the way, or wind, or anything like yeah. that. To achieve the hottest fire, a pyre was required. A funeral pyre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without a pyre, parts of the body could remain unburned. And at this point, because of their feelings and beliefs in the afterlife, they may have to they have to make sure that every piece turns to ash. Does it disturb you how excited I got when you said pyre? So they gathered a large volume of wood or construction of wood that the body was laid upon. The construction is referred to as the pyre and could take hours to build, which was necessary to make sure that it was built correctly for the cremation. Because I guess you want it to burn in a certain way where it burns really hot. So I'm going to get in some details of burials, okay? I love it. So with cremation, some Vikings would bury the ashes of their dead in graves or under piles of rocks. They would also bury some of their belongings with them to take to the afterlife. So Viking graveyards were also very common because they wanted to keep their dead in one location. There was even large stone ship structures to allow the dead to sail, even without a sea burial. Love it. If the deceased was, Love an, it so much. was an important Viking king, queen, or even a highly honored warrior, they would actually be buried in a real ship. This is very rare, but has been recently found beneath the ground and intact. Didn't you post this on Instagram at one point? I did. They recently found a Viking ship, a burial ship, which is, like I said, is really rare. So the person that was in this vessel had to be of a very high status or wealthy in some sort, and they found it in Norway. Did they find any evidence of who it was yet? Not yet. They found it's some like remains. still in... Yeah, the thing is, though, is that a lot of times there's two options. Sometimes the person is buried full with their, with their belongings, or the ashes is buried with the boat with okay. their belongings. And sometimes their belongings are also put in, into the pyre. So they're, all of their belongings and everything turns into ash. So sometimes it's just a boat. Sometimes it's just a boat. Huh. And so they, so far, they haven't found any skeletal remains in no. the new boat? Not yet. Oh, my God. So it's fucking cool. It's just a boat. So and they found it by sonar. They covered the area of what looked to be a Viking graveyard because they found the mounds with the circular rocks. So they took the sonar and they started walking back and forth, back, back and forth. And with then the they found radar. And they found a very long 66-foot anomaly. It's a big motherfucking underneath boat. the ground. And it was only two feet deep. The boat or the it was only two feet underground. Underground. It was only two feet underground. Yeah. Because Viking boats are actually not or actually yeah, very they're shallow. Quite shallow. Yeah. yeah. So that's like and they said that it was about a thousand years old. Hmm. I would love to go to Norway. I've always wanted to go. To the Viking Ship Museum in Oslo. They have some really ridiculous archaeologic finds. I mean, I've only seen it on television, but... I know, but it's still pretty cool. So another burial is when they would send their dead out to sea. The lore of this practice often involves the burning of the ship before the dead are cast out. But in some practices, it's believed that this was not always the case. And in fact, sometimes the body was cremated before the ship sailed. Either way, the ship will always carry the goods of the dead, either a sword, pottery, brooches, drinking horns, or other personal items. This type of burial was not the most common and would only be used for specific circumstances like a wealthy king or captain. Because in the old Norse times, boats would have taken months to construct 
and would not have been wasted without valid cause or suitable amount of status. For sure. They don't want to waste their ships. Of course not. I mean, you have to think about it's a mode of travel. It's a mode of transportation of goods and services. It's how they explore. It's how they take over lands. When people think of Viking burials, they're like, oh, ship, like they're going to sail the ship out and set it on fire. I'm like, but that's such a waste of a ship. Right. But when I think of a ship that they set out on fire, I think more like canoe style. Like they said, the dead are already cremated. And the cremation and their ashes just in the, in the ship, and they just let it go. And they're like, they just let it, they're no, they don't burn the ship on its way out. See, that's sometimes the thing. They like do, in in my like thought process, how I think of like a Viking funeral, regardless of body or ashes being on board, either way, I imagine like the ship on fire and like going further away from the shore. It's a waste of a ship either way. Who knows? So I'm going to take a second to talk about something called funeral ale. Yes, please. (laughs) So uh, after about seven days after someone's death, the Vikings would begin to celebrate the deceased. The festivities, which include lots and lots of drinking, and after all of this drinking of the funeral ale has been consumed, the children of the dead will then gain their inheritance. These festivities were held in a prominent Viking feasting hall where leaders would pledge oaths, make speeches, and exchange gifts. Vikings would use their drinking horns to consume their ale and would not leave any more for the gods that particular night. They often abstained from eating also during these types of ceremonies. They literally just drank their faces off. So uh, finally, when all of the ale is consumed and the inheritance is then claimed, so it is said that perhaps... Rune stones that were discovered in Scandinavia have given us some insight into the Vikings' beliefs on inheritance and women's rights. Silver rune stones describe women inheriting land and money. Okay. But I'm going to tell you a little bit more about women in Viking history. So it makes me kind of wonder. I feel like it's just not going to be that simple. Surprising. So regardless of how the body was disposed of, a few rituals remained pretty constant. The body was always draped in new clothes prepared specifically for the funeral and the ceremony. And all the ceremonies always featured songs, chants, and booze and celebration. So I'm going to get into some of the artifact finds and the type of... um, um, written lectures that I that I found online. Where are the women? I get to it. Okay. So most burials, as I mentioned before, whether land or sea, weren't reserved for just men. One of the most extravagant boat burials honored two women who likely died around 834 AD. One was around 80 years old and the other one was around in her mid-50s. There is some speculation that they have been related, but others believe that the younger one was the older one's servant and was sacrificed to accompany her master. Known as the Oseberg ship, it's one of the most well-preserved Viking artifacts. While the Vikings were known for their craftsmanship that went into the vessels, the size and detail of the ship was extra exceptional. 70 feet long, nearly 17 feet wide, the ship had 15 oars on both sides, a pine mast more than 30 feet high and was spacious enough to fit 30 people. This was a powerful woman on this boat. Now, who is this lady? No one knows. What? Nobody knows? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like waiting for it to be like, actually, she is like the mother of this huge clan of people who like, she's like the mother of like Leif Erikson. (laughs) Right? No. She's like the mother of the child that like, fucking discovered but America. This is this is the boat I believe that is consider- that is in that Viking museum that you spoke of. One Viking site in Flakstad, Norway contained multiple bodies. Some were decapitated, 
and they were all in one single grave. Based on analysis of their diets and DNA, it was determined that they were likely slaves who had been sacrificed to spend eternity with their former masters. Women were often taken as sex slaves as part of the Viking culture, so the idea that they would be sacrificed with their masters is actually quite possible. I'm not super surprised to hear that. You know, given the cultural idea that we have of Vikings and raping and and pillaging, like you kind of expect that women are going to be not revered in an amazing fashion. So, like the lady in the ship is very interesting Interesting. to me. I wonder if she just ran like the like most amazing like brothel and just left like a ton of money and was like, "Build me a ship, motherfuckers." It's I got you all laid. It's funny because even though the whole raping and pillaging and everything, they make you think that they have so much respect for women because of these Viking queens and their They have respect for their women. It's different. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about something, right? So I kind of wrote a little little snippet here, but the article that I found says a lot more in detail. According to some accounts from a Middle Ages traveler who was a Muslim named... Ahmad ibn Fadlan, he apparently came upon a funeral for a Viking chieftain. So according to Fadlan, the dead chieftain was put in a temporary grave until they could make new clothes for him. During that period, a thrall volunteered, which was a woman. She volunteered to go to the afterlife with the chieftain. She was guarded by men every night, and she could be heard singing loudly as she drank more and more ale. Afterward, the dead chieftain was given his new clothing, and his long ship, which was his boat, was brought ashore. On the ship, the Viking built a bed for their chief and surrounded it with cushions and drinks and fruits and even the stringed instruments. Animals were also sacrificed. Fallon chronicled witnessing horses being cut to pieces, along with hen and some chickens, or in his depictions, cock. All the while, the thrall was being passed around from tent to tent, having sex with various men. Each man allegedly told her, tell your master that I did this because of my love to him. The thrall was then put in some sort of trance. Mind you, she's extremely drunk. And she was placed in the middle of what could only be described as somewhat of a door frame, where she's said to have seen the afterlife and to her master. More like a sacrificial, like volunteer, like a set, yeah. So afterward, she was carried to a longship where she gave away her possessions. Fallon claimed that the thrall was not yet allowed inside the tent of her master. Finally, after being given more intoxicating drinks and bidding everyone goodbye, she was taken into the tent by six men who proceeded to have intercourse with her. A rope was then tied around her neck, and she was then stabbed in the ribs by men. Outside, men banged on drums to conceal her screams. Finally, the family of the dead arrived with burning torches to set the ship aflame. So they set, it was her family or the chieftain's family? She she volunteered to be a a sacrifice for her chief. And I also read that the stabbing, when they stabbed her, the stabbing is normally done by a matriarch of the village, and they are known as the angel of death. So basically she sacrificed, she gave herself to the god. They're willing to, she was willing to give her her body, her possessions. Her possessions, everything. Her family, her life for this chieftain. Mm-hmm. After going through all of that type of ceremonial things, where I mean, just all like, the men were like, "Tell, tell the master that I love him." The like, worst well. scenario. Ugh, I hate everything there. 
I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's weird because I hate it. And then I also hate the fact that she volunteered for that. Well, so... In their belief, that was the best place to go. That was the best thing to do. Yeah. Honestly, I wonder how many people volunteered. Yeah. Like, did more than one woman volunteer and, and they chose one? Yeah. Yeah. You never know. But this is... This and did they choose the, her because she was weak? Or did they choose her because she, she was the most beautiful? Or the strongest? Or Right. Like, what was the... I, yeah. I wonder. It's so interesting. And this was said to have been witnessed... By, by a, a Muslim traveler. traveler. Yeah. It's so interesting that they would have allowed. Exactly. That's what I'm wondering. I'm so, wondering. And also, he was he a prisoner? Well, and he was, depicts, like, things that were going on inside the tent. Like, that she was stabbed in the sides. And, like, how would Was he a slave? Like, was he, like, something. But, yeah, there's accounts, because there's not a lot of accounts during this type of period. Very little. But there wasn't a lot of writing. Has, but he has these travel books that he apparently has. Huh. And um, and he laid out all of these different types of scenarios. Was he just walking, running from something else and came upon this village? Or was he taken as a prisoner on his way? Was he paid as a slave and then left? Like, you have absolutely no idea. But he witnessed it. So there was actually another discovery of Godstead Viking ship that including a mysterious unknown Viking chief. This ship was actually discovered by two curious young boys who began to dig in a large mound, hoping that they would find something interesting. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah, I I know this one. On the board of the ship was a dead man. He was fully dressed and surrounded by a number of ancient artifacts, such as a a bronze kettle, runic inscriptions, a game board, and a sleigh. What's a game board? I'm pretty sure it's a board game. Okay. <laughs> and it seems that the boat was from around 900 AD and was the burial vessel for a very rich and powerful man. That's fun. I mean, how much do you always want to, like, just dig in a pile of dirt and hope that you find something amazing? I never find anything. I remember being quite quite young and going in the backyard, right? So we had this old tree old in the back of our house. And the tree was by the brook. And that's where we buried all of our dead hamsters and, like, all these things going on, right? So <laughs> my my dad, he built our in-ground pool. So he says that when he was building it, it kind of turned out that, like, our backyard was kind of like a city dump. He found a bike. He found some, like, different, tra- you know, it was, like, all these crazy stuff. And it's weird because the house is 100 years old and my grandpa lived there forever. So he's like, was it grandpa's bike? Like, we have no idea. So we, a lot of us just got curious. We just started, like, digging just digging holes and i actually found a circular lantern that i thought was a bomb and i freaked out and then after that i never dug anything up because i was like what if i get something else so i was like that was it <laughs> yeah i didn't I have was that much explode. interesting to dig when i was a kid like i do remember having this like fake gemstone Ooh, yeah and there was like a little like creek by my house and i threw the gemstone in the water and then I got my friends to go with me looking in the creek <laughs> so I could discover the gemstone in front of people. That's pretty cool. That's literally the story. Like, I was so childhood obsessed with the Goonies <laughs> and jewels and gems yeah. and Indiana Jones. and Absolutely. Like, the way they – the colors and the sparkles. I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. Since childhood, we have both been obsessed with buried treasure. Absolutely. Not just buried treasure, but buried 
artifacts of any kind. So, Absolutely, yeah. my God, to find something so amazing as a Viking ship. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I know what you would do. You would treat it with incredible deference. You would be very careful. You would call all the proper authorities and have me constantly taking pictures because you'd want to document every single moment I'd of like, it. I'd be like, Jen, take pictures. And I'm like in it, waist deep in dirt and mud. Yeah. I mean, I've seen your work. You would be like very excited. But yeah. So that is the story of the Viking burials and the afterlife. Just another notorious narrative. We out. Have a show idea? Send it on over to us along with any questions, comments, or corrections to NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at NotoriousNarratives and Twitter at NotoriousTales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.